Hearty welcome to episode 185 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today I'm joined with Melissa Cavanaugh, our analytics alchemist. Howdy ho! We have Phil Fariska, our search marketing samurai. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Oh no, what am I? And of course, we have Stuart Butler, the destination marketing diva. Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> it is. Today is a big day. So we've got the newsaroo of all newsaroos coming for you, changes in the industry, how you can change the podcast yourself, and Phil's secret insights to give hotels a leg up. Oh, oh, is this is this going to be a choose your own adventure podcast? If this they is going to change it get, themselves. Well, there's a part where they can choose their own adventure, but uh, we're just going to hit them with everything that we have right now. So we're all going to do a newsaroo at the same time as a round. <laughs> and we're going to see if rogue, 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 <laughs> Google's check. <Okay. laughs> so, no. So, we actually have a big newsaroo. So, I'll go ahead and kick off the jingle. Ready, everybody? Or, Stuart, can we get you to sing the jingle? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, you can't. All right. Well, here we go. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for the newsaroos. That was a more, a more ominous one. Stuart, you have the news route today. I do. And uh, some of our listeners already know this. Those of you that are um, also part of the Fuel family in terms of your, your our clients as well. I've, I've spoken to a lot of you. But this is this is my last time on the podcast. And I'm, I'm kind of sad, but I'm also very excited to see where you guys take it. And I know it's in amazing hands and you'll continue to pump out great content. Probably more consistently, to be fair, because a lot of the... The lags were due to my schedule, and and so I think we'll see a lot of great con continuity of where we've been. And yeah, I I just want to say thank you guys. This when we started this, I don't know what, when was it? Four years ago? Five years ago now? Something like that. Um, 184 episodes ago, I it it was kind of a pipe dream, right? We we put a microphone in the middle of a table, and just had the kind of conversations we've been having. At, at lunch times and it was we wanted it to stay like a campfire conversation and and i think we've kind of stayed true to that original vision but uh continue daily to get feedback from people about how impactful the show has been and continues to be for people so thank you to each of you for your part in it and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it and pete you're going to do a phenomenal job hosting the show i have no doubt i look forward to becoming an honorary fuel again instead of a fuel again and yeah, my path is taking me on a new adventure outside of the realm of fuel, and I'm, I'm becoming the chief marketing officer for the local Model Beach area destination um, for the CBB. So it, it, it wasn't an easy decision. I'm excited about the opportunity and um, all the things we'll get to do still together because you guys are here in Model Beach. Um, but yeah, it's, it's time for a change. It's the end of a chapter, beginning of a new dawn, and I'm excited to see what you guys have in store for us listeners yeah you know we don't we don't necessarily see it as losing a fuel again we see it as gaining a really good office that we all can fight over <laughs> <laughs> it, and we also see it as as gaining a, a great partner who's going to be the guru for destination marketing and you're still going to be in myrtle beach so yeah you're still not going to be off the hook to be able to come in and do some live and in-person oh, guest stars yeah i'd love to come on as a guest in the future and share a little bit about my new journey and you know, the things I'm, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot over the next few years in, in the destination world and 
as we've talked about before on this show, that hotels are having to become their own destination marketers, especially during the pandemic. And so, you know, I look forward to applying that and sharing that with you guys as well and, and with the audience in the future. So Yeah. I so, guess we'll let them back a few times. We'll let them back a few times. <laughs> I'm not dead to you guys? No, not dead. No. no. Yes, he is. He's dead to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we'll resurrect him now and yeah. then. I will raise my 32-ounce iced coffee in your honor. Well, Cheers, sir. Cheers, Cheers to, to guys. new beginnings. Yes, indeed. The next chapter for everyone. And, um, yeah, I, I really am genuinely happy with the, the, the place that I've helped us get to, but I'm really excited about the next leg of this, this relay. I think whenever you're a leader for an organization, you, you want to try to run it as if you're the the third leg in a relay, right? And so you can hand off the baton to your A-list anchor leg person. And, and you guys looking around the room are definitely top-notch talent. And, and I have no doubt that you're going to do amazing, wonderful things uh, in the future. Yeah, it's, <coughs> it's going to be some big changes, but we want to have the listeners for the past 184 episodes help us with this transition. So help us to help you. So we put out a survey, and you can find it at fueltravel.com slash podcast survey. And if you complete that f- about five-question survey, take you less than two minutes, you can tell us what you want to hear about on the podcast, what you like about it, if the banter back and forth that you're in theoretically enjoying right now is enjoyable, and anything else that you want to change with the podcast. Can they, can they ask what, uh, or can they suggest what accent that you should host the podcast in moving forward? I don't have that as one of the questions. Maybe in the it's survey. a write-in. <coughs> that could be a, an open write-in. Okay. And since I've already started the survey, I can't go altering it now without messing up the, the past data. And this is all about data in, data out. So so we can't do that. So go ahead and write it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, so that is the first big newsaroo. But there's more. But wait. There's yeah, there's, there's, there's newsers that are, let's just be honest, way more impactful for our, our clients and our listeners. Right that's, now. that's true. They say you start local and then you work out from there. Yeah. So the local newsroom is you're dead to us. Yep. Next, from one's, there, next one's global. The next one's a big one. What is it? <laughs> so Google Google's postponed their page experience rollout. Uh, it was slated to be mid-May. Now it's going to be mid-June. So we have an extra month to speed up our sites and make them a little more user-friendly. So we had an entire podcast on this. I don't remember what episode it was, but you can go back and find it. Um, it'll teach you everything you need to know about the core web vitals and, and Google's new page experience update. So if you're one of our clients, you are, we're already working on this for you. Uh, and you're probably already in a really good spot. Yeah. If you're not, give us a call. You got through that without saying first contentful paint. I'm very impressed. <laughs> The largest contentful paint, the first contentful paint, the cumulative layout shift. I can't. (laughs) Melissa's so over it. I hate Google. I really hate Google so much. Nobody has to like Google, but they're the the necessary evil 800-pound gorilla. They're an 1,800-pound gorilla. But the great part is is that we all knew this was coming. We all have, or we should have already, already prepared. But if you are a laggard and you haven't done it yet great news you have a little bit more time laggards yeah so. <laughs> virtual that, that's coming slap from my, on the wrist yeah that's coming from my looking at bell curves for a while <laughs> and the adoption process so so that's newsroom number one but there's even more this one is coming to us i have this from there's it's different a lot of different places this one is from retail consumer or crowwell morning 
but it was in a lot of different places. And basically what it says is that websites are not considered places of a public accommodation as it relates to the ADA, which is huge. This, this comes from the 11th Circuit when they issued a ruling on the Winn-Dixie case. The Winn-Dixie case goes back several 2017, years, 2017, yeah. mm-hmm. when they were sued for their website not being accessible to people with disabilities. Winn-Dixie made the claim that, well, we don't offer website services. We're a grocery store that you cannot conduct business on our website. Keep in mind, this is before online website ordering for grocery stores was really a thing. And the judge agreed. So the judge said that websites are not necessarily part of the ADA process if that is not your core business. So the question becomes, how does that impact somebody like in hotel, a hotel? And it's a, it's, it's a big decision. It does give us a little bit of leeway in terms of you know, those predatory lawsuits toward accommodations, but it doesn't let us off the hook in terms of doing the right thing by our guests and our potential customers who have some disability or need special accommodation on the website to be able to stay with our property. Right, because you shouldn't have an accessible website because it's the law. You should have an accessible website because it's the right thing to do to serve your clients, customers, future guests. Do right by your by your people. Yep, absolutely. And a lot of things that we recommend putting in place prior to this suit coming out, we still recommend putting in place. Making sure everybody can access your website. Making sure that it's friendly for screen readers. Making sure that beyond just the website having the ability for anyone to access it, that it does go into detail about what accommodations you're making physically at the property to make a, a guest who has special needs feel very welcome. So there you go. That's a, that's a big one. We'll keep an eye on this one because it is always changing and the courts never seem to have the, the same answer two times in a row. So we'll have to see where, where that one comes out. You know, I was on a clubhouse this week and someone made a really good point about the fact that the, these two newsaroos are kind of related, right? Or, or they kind of overlap in that if you spend the time making sure that you're accessible and you put, you put the effort in, a lot of what you do for accessibility in WCAG is also good for usability in general. Is going to be good for Google in, in with, with the changes they're making. So things like high contrast between fonts and backgrounds or large enough fonts in general and spacing and you know, there's a lot of things, um, alt tags, you know, there, there's a lot that you do for WCAG that is going to really help you rank well for Google because it improves the usability. But to Melissa's point, we're the hospitality industry. We should be leading the world when it comes to um, accessibility. You know, we, we should be hospitable to everyone, including those with disabilities. Absolutely. Google doesn't have eyeballs, so they can't see your website. So whatever they see is what a person who doesn't have eyeballs would see. Is that technically correct? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that statement. <laughs> I feel like they're more like Daredevil, the superhero, though. They, they don't okay, need yeah. eyeballs. Well, he's got yeah. eyeballs, but he, they don't work. But yeah, he can he can sense everything around him. That's a really, really good comparison. I like it. Yep. He has other senses that are more powerful. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I'm talking about like the, 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 the show version. <laughs> the show, that was the, way the show version was fantastic. Yeah. So. For the oh. record, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's fine. Oh, we'll move on. <laughs> fantastic show. It, get a chance. Netflix, Daredevil. Daredevil. Definitely yeah. well worth. I think there's three three seasons. I think you're right. And it, and it overlaps with some of the other Marvel yep. Netflix Jessica shows. Jessica Jones well. and Punisher and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
There should be a word. You know how nerd used to be a derogatory term? Like yeah. You'd say, someone would say something about Star Wars or whatever, and you'd be like, nerd. There needs to be like the opposite word, like the antithesis it of is. nerd. It's cool. So we have, it's called nerd, and now it's just looked at differently. <laughs> no, but we, we call ourselves nerds, and it's, it's a badge of honor now, yeah. right? But now Melissa's being a not-nerd, a non-nerd, we need a we need a word for that. For the Square. record, I am Square. wearing a Wonder Woman shirt today. True. Just saying. I stand correct. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's DC though, so. <laughs> Whatever. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, so we can jump into the meat of it. This is a a Phil episode. This is my episode, um, and this is actually spawned by a short little snippet from last week's conversation, uh, where we talked about putting a hotel in your, or sorry, a, an arcade in your hotel uh, and getting some incremental revenue and how it basically can print money and how it's a differentiator. So what I wanted to talk about is how you can differentiate your hotel from the competition, doing small things like adding an arcade. I say small, that could be pretty big, but that's aside. So the, the point is, as a hotel, you're offering the same thing as your competition. You're offering a place to stay. Yes, we know price is one of the main driving factors in picking a hotel, but you know that, that little extra value, perceived value that you can provide a guest, that little extra experience can be the deciding factor when someone's choosing you over the hotel next door. So we put together a, a, a few different ideas of things you can do to differentiate yourself from the competition. And, you know, yes, some of these are going to come at a cost to you, but almost every single one of them would pay for itself in the short term rather than the long term. And also, yes, they will have a cost associated with them. But if you're smart in how you market these, if you're smart, like we talked about last week with the with the arcade, that you it drives revenue on property. When you're a destination hotel or you're a resort, everyone's going to your location for the overall experience and the location that you're at. So you have to compete on amenities at some level. And if you just give that great experience to somebody while they're on property, they've got their wallet out. So just do everything you can to, one, capitalize on that second purchase, but then two, just give them a wonderful experience. All right. You guys ready to jump in? Ready. All number, right, so, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, so I didn't number. Letter them. A, one, <coughs> two. Oh, oh Pete. Like, if you're going to be the host, you've got to get angry about non- right. non-numbering. All right. I, I want this done in a Roy G. Biv format now. R R R R R R R. So let's just start with it because I already brought it up. An arcade, um, you can either purchase or in many, many cities you can rent these gaming machines. And a lot of them come with a card-based solution where people aren't actually stuffing quarters into it. Start by maybe offering the guests, uh, you know, a free credit. Here's, you know, a few credits on a card as they show up to the hotel. They enter the arcade to use their free credits, and almost every single time they're going to add more money to that mm-hmm. card so they can keep playing. Uh, this is one of those things where it's pretty cheap to start off if you're renting the machines. Maybe a little more expensive if you're buying, but at the end of the day, you're you're still printing money after you pass that that initial threshold of of covering that. Uh, initial expense. Yeah, it, and unlike a lot of amenities that we offer, especially for book direct guests, if you say you get a $10 credit, you that's a $10 value. If that's a $150 room to the consumer, they're getting $140, or they're getting basically $10 off of their room, so it's a great, great value. Yeah, so I, I mean, 
This is a great one. It, it, even during COVID, you know, one of the pushbacks to this is people don't want to play in arcades. They don't want to touch stuff. That is not the case that False. we're seeing at all. Shenanigans. Very, very much shenanigans. We're seeing, you know, in some properties, the, the arcade rivals the bar in terms of revenue. And That's insane. Yeah, and it, and I mean, it's almost pure profit. What, what there are some, and depending on your city too, there are some um, groups that not only can you rent the machines from, but you can just do a straight up revenue share. And so it, it literally is zero risk for you. All, all you do is say, we'll split the revenue, you know, 50-50 or whatever it is. They manage it turnkey. Mm -hmm. You call them if there's a problem. That's it. Well, I mean, you know, here you just need space. It it doesn't doesn't necessarily surprise me that it rivals the bar because this is all age groups. People aren't getting too drunk on the games, you know, and go back to their room and fall asleep. <laughs> or uh, this is something that people can continue to do. Anyone, all age groups can participate in it, and people will continue to spend money. Well, it's not. It's you know, like alcohol consumption is something you can kind of pre-plan for if you're gonna you know, party tonight or whatever, you can go out and buy some drinks and bring them to your room. But if you can get someone in an arcade with a $10 card and then it's the drug dealer method, right? You've got to give them a little taste and then they're going to screaming kids. Yeah. Especially if there's parents <coughs> with kids, right? It can, it can babysit for, for a few hours and, you know, a kid people will like throw hundreds of dollars on this it, stuff and it's in not one for session. Kids. It's crazy. It's not, not for, just kids. for kids. Yeah. You know, to the drug dealer method, put a bar in the arcade too. <laughs> I mean, look, look at yeah. you know, examples like Dave and Buster's, and there's sure. several properties you hear in the Myrtle Beach area that you have the arcade and they kind of tie everything together. It's it's a great way. Yeah. A lot of those games they might be a dollar two a pop to play, mm -hmm. but if you're having a beer, playing a couple games with your friends, playing on a pool table. You can really keep people at your property yeah, and have them enjoy themselves. Logistically, you don't necessarily need the bar in the arcade mm -hmm. as long as you have someone servicing the arcade. Have it monitored yeah, and, and the entrance and exit is you know somewhere again and, and locked down so yeah. there's not a risk. Yeah, I, I think it's a win-win. Like, and even even when your kids get older, right? Like I've got a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, and like I would send them down there on their own to have some, you know quote-unquote alone time with with their mm -hmm. mom you know what at the end of the day or whatever they've been on the beach and we just want some separated time you know it, there'd, there'd be no question in my mind I'd, I'd give them you know 50 bucks to go waste on the on the arcade so. wow you need some alone time <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> all right let's move on, on that note. green 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 oh oh yeah all right so Next one is uh, rooftop. So everybody has a rooftop. Some is accessible, some is not. If you have an accessible rooftop that is just a rooftop, you can probably transform that space and make it awesome. And it likely won't cost you too much money. Some seating, um, some you know plants, some railings, some aesthetic, <laughs> <laughs> some railings. Yes, <laughs> definitely some high railings. But but really what this offers you is spectacular views of your area, a really cool at outdoor atmosphere. Who that doesn't can, love a rooftop right, bar? Everybody yeah. loves a rooftop. A rooftop bar in particular is phenomenal. It's a selfie spot too. I mean, it's a great yeah. branding oh, yeah. beyond the property. We've had, we've had a couple clients turn their rooftop into rooftop bars and it's, it's bringing in people from that are visiting the city but no, also who locals are not staying at that hotel uh, locals sure. who are not staying at that hotel this is incremental revenue it didn't really cost you that much to set it up it cost you you know some 
you know, manning of the bar, probably some railings. Well, you might have to, you know, there might you might have to move some yeah, AC some, units, some permits, whatever. Like but or, or I mean, you could maybe even cover those ugly areas of it with mm-hmm. something else and get creative. But offering this as an option, it 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 will almost definitely drive people to come stay with you over your competition because you have this right there on property. Yeah. I mean, one of our clients, the Vendu Inn in Charleston, I mean, I, I specifically, even before they were a client would stay there because they had the rooftop bar. And that's they have a really a cool rooftop yeah. bar. Now their railing <laughs> situation. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, it, it's a little sketchy, but I think they, 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 you were, you were found in the alley the whole time. You were never on that rooftop. That's right. You that, just fell a foot. You just stumbled over and snapped your spine. <laughs> that was it. It's really cool. And again, it offers a spectacular view of the city. If you're an oceanfront property, holy crap. Like People pay premium to stay in the top floors, right? So you, you give everybody this option to at least visit it. Get your bingo cards out. Now more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> people want to be outside. I mean, I don't... Honestly, I think it's going to be a long time before people are so comfortable to be crammed into a bar inside that if you give them this outside option, maybe they're more likely to be there. Great point. Thanks. Great point. Do we have to play bingo? Can we just go back to drinking games? Okay, that's fine. Drink. All right. All right, next one's free breakfast or just offering breakfast in general, but particularly free breakfast we know brings people in the door. We've seen it time and time again. It's a pretty inexpensive food option when we're considering all three meals of the day. Um, we know for a fact that hotels in city name with free breakfast has high search volume pretty much across the board. Every every client we've looked at, if they offer free breakfast, we try to optimize for that type of term. We know people are searching for it. Because we know people are searching for it, we know people will likely pick you over your competition mm-hmm. because you offer such a thing. And Pete did the this very thing just recently it, it was it was a it was a completely it was the deciding factor we're taking our kids down to see the florida keys this summer and we're stopping in saint augustine and stopping in miami and when we were choosing those hotels that we we're going to st- stay at having free breakfast was the deciding factor of if we stay at that property or not because i knew if we didn't it would be getting in the car finding a fast food place, eating there, getting back in the car, getting back on the road on our way down to the Keys and knowing that I could just go downstairs, grab breakfast on the way out or send them down early to grab breakfast made all the difference. With your family of four, it gets super expensive Absolutely, It's funny because breakfast is the cheapest meal of the day to feed yourself. I mean, you're talking about cereal or bread or eggs. I mean, you can't get much cheaper than that. But yet, if you have to buy breakfast at a hotel or go to a restaurant, you're paying $15, $20 a person easily. Well, yeah, Starbucks is probably even more than that. Yeah, For yeah. one damn coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and because in, in most cases, and this is just for me and my family, we're not necessarily picky on the breakfast. It's just I have an empty space in my stomach. I need something to fill. <laughs> yeah. I need some type of coffee. And it's a hassle, right? It's, it's a hassle in the morning if you wake up. It's like, what should we do? And then we got to go out. It's, yeah. it's a rigmarole. It's a kerfuffle. I'm going to keep using crazy words like that. When we, you know, my boys have both played soccer a lot and we travel a good bit when they were younger to, to different cities to play tournaments. We would only ever stay at properties that had free breakfast because it saved so much time. We knew that if they had an eight o'clock or a nine o'clock game, 
it was so efficient just to go downstairs and get the the buffet or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Probably stay away from buffets maybe right now, but it won't be long before I won't stay away from yeah. buffets. You know, so yeah, it, it's a deciding factor for a lot of people, and it can also be leverage for direct bookings. You know, you mm-hmm. could offer this on your website only for people that book direct and not offer it to OTA guests and charge them a little bit. Yeah, and maybe even it's not free. Maybe it's it's you know something you roll in for. Like a discount for you know five bucks a person or something. Well, like that, that used to be a very common thing for resort destinations is you would get a voucher for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so you would check in. There's if you're staying five days, here's five little yep. tickets of, of paper for your breakfast. Yep. So yeah. that makes. It and really I, I'm going to throw out some hard facts about breakfast. breakfast I know breakfast, how breakfast. much we love facts. So back in the day, we we're going back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back several years ago before. Everybody else jumped on the bandwagon, but we had one particular client in a destination that included breakfast, surrounded by a bunch of hotels that didn't include breakfast. And would you not believe that that particular property had the highest conversion rate of all of our clients on their website? Consistently, consistently for years until other people started offering breakfast. And I think that that's the that's a differentiator, right? Because the hotels around them. Not all that different. Right. It really, they really not. It's just a, it's a room with probably an ocean view. And people chose the free, free breakfast one over the one next door for that reason specifically. It's not an amenity. It's an experience. And that is what hoteliers are in the business to do is create that great experience. You know, what creates great experiences. Bring in your fur babies. Stuart's going to fight you to the death on that. Right. You guys can just fast forward the next four minutes on this show. You're supposed to say, I quit, and you get up and leave. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Actually, I may be the only person in this room that is on the pet-friendly bandwagon. Cause no, Phil, I mean, But you have, like, monster you, dogs. You couldn't yeah. take your pets I, they, they won't. They won't have me because I have 240 pounds worth of dog to tote around. <laughs> But and all their slobber. Yeah, there's that. Anyway, there's a new movie about your dogs, Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what my daughter thinks they are right now, and it's hilarious. She watches them wrestle, and she it must around, be like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna start by saying your entire hotel doesn't need to be pet friendly, but having a pet friendly option will get people in the door because they're. Truly, aren't that many out there. Any of you have searched for pet-friendly hotels in particular cities, you, you know this. And it comes at a premium a lot of the time. But if you have a pet-friendly option, particularly just, just a few rooms, and making a few rooms select pet-friendly, that is really all you need to label yourself as pet-friendly. But first floor, right? <laughs> I have an option to be on the first floor because a lot of dogs don't like elevators. <laughs> And it's it's telling you it doesn't have it can be a premium it can be a significant premium people want a lot of people for not me but you guys pets are a part of your family and you'll pay a premium to make sure they can stay with you I had a client that was looking to come into Myrtle Beach on just a little vacation I checked with like almost 20 properties total and they were looking they could not find a pet friendly property that had availability and they actually just ended up going to a, doing a different little destination weekend oh wow to get away because there was no place for them to bring their their little dog and i'll say this as a person with a dog who 
would like to travel with my dog if she wasn't terrified of elevators and also things like grates and sidewalks. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) if you can't bring your dog, you're going to have to pay somebody to watch that dog. So there's a cost in leaving your dog behind as much as there is a cost of bringing the dog. So either way, you're paying one way or the other. So I'd rather bring my dog. Yeah, I'm with you. And if you want to, if you want to offer a extra fee for giant dogs, I'd I'd probably pay it to bring my dogs too. Yeah, and I, I spe- you ready? Now more than ever, <laughs> Drink. Pe- people have been spending time with their pets. Right, they've been at home a lot more. And- so there's this separation anxiety on both ends, well, the dog sides, and the human. Right? <laughs> Melissa, your pet's never been out pr- post COVID. What right? do you mean by out? Like, well, you've had that dog since COVID was a thing. How long have you yes. had that dog? Yes, since COVID started. Right. So it's only known inside of the house. Oh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, I'm she only knows me being home 24 hours a day. Yeah, that was my point. I was butchering. I I think I think this is. This is something that if you're willing to do it, it will absolutely bring in a lot of business for you. And it's not, not that it's really not expensive for you. Dogs, you know, yeah, there's going to be They don't make any more of a mess than some kids or really drunk adults. Right. Drunk adults (laughs) or kids probably make more mess than the dogs. Seriously. I mean, aside from the fur, which is, you know, so you have to clean the room. You have to clean the room anyway. There's a risk, especially being a beach destination destination like maybe fleas and stuff like that so but i I think you know there's there's a debate raging debate that we've had recently on clubhouse about pet friendly where you don't want to just be pet tolerant right if you're going to be pet friendly lean into it right really embrace it especially if you're going to charge a little more for it because you you know people that have pets and want to travel with their pets you know i'm not calling you guys crazy and looking at you melissa but (laughs) You know, if you treat that pet special, if you give them like a bandana with the logo of the hotel, the owner will love you forever. Or you give them treats like, you know, give the human being some cookies and the dog some treats. And and when you went to Kempton, they gave you like a coupon for a dog treat. Yes. Plus treats. Yes. So really lean into it. Right. Don't don't just say we. We accept pets, but really say we love pets and we welcome them. And here's all the things yeah, we do. Yeah, and I actually put in my notes a, a couple things that you could do. Almost every hotel I've ever stayed at has really underutilized outdoor space. If you're not in the dead center of a city, you have some underutilized outdoor space. Fencing it in, creating a dog run is 100% what Stuart's saying. Leaning into being pet friendly. You're giving the place... You're giving the dog a place to go, run around for a little bit. You know, make sure you include the the poop bags in there, so you people will clean up after their pet themselves, and you don't necessarily have to do it. So, poop bag and trash cans, and you know, like like you also said, partner with your your local groomer, your specialty pet shops, or just buy a box of milk bones and hand them out. It, it makes a pet owner feel very welcome bringing their pet to your property. Yeah, maybe even offer, you know, doggy daycare or something there. Mm-hmm. So if the, the human being wants to spend some time away from their pet, there's an option for them to do that and not just leave them in the room barking all night day as well. There you go. Kind of yeah. leans into the next one I have. But there. I will say, cautionary tale, if you promote heavily that you're pet friendly, I will never stay at your property. 
And so you you gotta you gotta weigh the the, the reward and the risk, right? That there is a segment of people that they don't want to deal with it. So what so, if what if what if a hotel did this story? Just kind of spitballing here. Limited pet friendly rooms. If you saw that on their site, would you understand that certain rooms are associated? If, if it was it? a tiebreaker, if there were two properties that I was weighing up, I'd, I'd choose the one that had I didn't have the meds. No pets. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I. Well, you're a I'm a sociopath, so. right? Yeah, I'm absolutely. A well, I think it's anybody who doesn't have. I mean, we're specifically talking about dogs, right? Well, I mean, cats, or yeah. I mean, I, I've uh, never been to hotel salamanders, cats. Yeah, I mean, komodo dragons. But if you're not a dog person and you're trying to check out or check in, and there's a person running around with a dog, it can be annoying. For I you. would say that about children. <coughs> All right. <laughs> Don't I'm disagree with you, which is why they're, they're adult only. Yeah, I know, results, right? I and know. the ones that, that have that are kid friendly lean into kid friendly. Yeah. yeah, true. I'll say again: jerky pet, probably jerky owner; jerky kid, probably jerky parent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wise words coming yeah, out of my mouth with all the caffeine. Sounds like you you cooked your dog. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right, uh, Phil. <laughs> so. Along with, you know, utilizing your space. So transforming underutilized space. I mentioned you could probably make a dog run with some unutilized space. Or if you don't want to be pet friendly, turning that into like a fun outdoor space, having some games, cornhole, bocce, whatever, outdoor games, something for someone to do while they're killing some time at your property. Uh, that can be a differentiating factor. You service these guests with your F&B. If, if your bartender comes out and serves drinks to these people while they're playing your outdoor games, that's more incremental revenue for you. Um, so that's kind of the outdoor side. If you want to do it on the indoor side, we know that people are you know, working from home. They may work from a hotel. We've seen people take essentially i don't want to call it a vacation but a work vacation where they go stay somewhere cool and work from home essentially so creating an indoor space for people to come and stay and work at your property you know you can make that free you can charge for it hourly daily half day whatever um again serving these guests with f&b you're 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 again incremental revenue but there is no doubt underutilized space at your property that you can make something that people want to come there for. Yeah, if you, especially if you're like a family-friendly type of property, there's so many opportunities here. If maybe you, you have a lot of empty group space right now. Put some inflatables in there. Like put put like a, a jungle gym in there. Put, put some stuff that the kids are just going to have a blast. Playgrounds outside. Like there's very few properties. Like they put so much money into water amenities how many just have a regular slide and a swing and, and monkey bars and stuff like that? Kids go bananas for that yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really the it's the things that you don't think are that big of a deal that a kid will latch on to. And it was, oh, that was the hotel with the slide. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about this. How many times have you seen that in a mall where they, oh, take, yeah. the, they take the hallway of stores that have closed down and put inflatables like that's how, that's how COVID began. <laughs> 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 Every time I, drive, I walk by one of those places, I'm like, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> True. So. But there are people, we have seen it here, that just don't care. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's another offering. It's it's using your under, underutilized space or not utilized space in, in big meeting rooms at this point. And we know that's not coming back immediately. You know, right. groups are going to come back. Business travel is going to work its way back. But that is going to be one if of those open, permanent yeah. shifts. If you have open rooms right now, yeah. I mean, it's fine ways. I saw another property that turned it into like a Nerf war place. Like they put up some... Yes. 
some some bunkers. Like, yeah, bunkers and some yeah. obstacles, and had a bunch of Nerf guns in there, and just and they awesome. charge people to do it. Laser yes. tag would be another one you could do. do you know, Turn easily. The out it co- it costs you virtually nothing. You pay that pays for itself in less than a week. Yeah, I love your next one. Valet parking. Yes. This is an awesome one. Valet parking is, especially if you are a property in the city and has limited parking around, this will bring me to your property. If I have to pay for parking or I can just come drop my car off at the front door, I'm going to come drop my car off at the front door and not worry about it. And I've seen a lot of places that have small parking lots, but they offer valet parking and they will pack cars in there, double park Mm -hmm. to to oblivion and they can just shift them around get them out and bring your car around in a few minutes and they've maximized the space they allow you to park in this is a easy one if you have a parking space for people to use and there's a couple ways of looking at that too so you have the places where there is free parking on property so the valet service really just becomes an amenity something nice to have but to your point in cities where there's not a lot of public parking or a lot of parking for the property perfect example again going down to miami there's no parking down there public parking was 25 dollars a day the valet was 35 dollars. so one option was i get the family at the hotel i have to go find a parking spot i have to pay for it i have to find my way back to the hotel ten dollars is well worth it for me to toss the keys to somebody and go inside knowing that now my car is also safe because if i'm in a city that i don't know I don't know if that's the, the good parking garage or if that's mm-hmm. just the place where people go to break into cars. And and this is one of those things where you send this in a pre-arrival email as somewhat of an upsell in your in your sense, Pete, where like, hey, you know, you would have to pay X amount for parking near our property or you pay us $10 extra. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll right. come get your car for you. That first wallet's already out. This is the second wallet. Mm-hmm that's going to bring some extra revenue in immediately. Yeah, because that's the money that is already being spent. There's no reason that you can't capitalize on that, give the guest a better experience, and take advantage of that money that they're going to be spending. All right. Next one, upgraded fitness equipment and fitness experiences. So, yeah, we all know you could you could update uh, upgrade the hotel's fitness room. Um, that's one way to go about it. Maybe add some specialized equipment. Again, another way to go about it. Adding these things in room, we've seen do wonders for some properties um, in terms of people picking them over their competitors because they have it. We have clients that offer Peloton bikes in their room, yoga mats in their room. Melissa's a Peloton user. I'm sure she'd I pick am. a hotel that had a Peloton bike in the room. And she not keep have her to sit next alive. to some moron in yeah. a gym. No. I will stay in my room all day. Thank so you. walk me through that. You During checkout, there's an additional service to have a Peloton in your room? No. Oh, no, just I think they include it in all room. That's got to be incredibly expensive. Yeah. Yes. Or it's a certain number of rooms. Yeah, cer- you, sorry, you, certain you number of like rooms. You book like a quote-unquote Peloton room. I right. can't remember what chain that was. I saw it recently, though. But yeah, like there, there's a certain number of rooms in the property that have Pelotons in them. Hmm. So you book the Peloton room. It's pretty awesome. I mean, but Peloton is a cult, so you, it I mean, is. If, yeah. if you want to attract that those but cult followers, I mean, look, look what look what Peloton does. They do a, a bit of a um, 
uh, let's call it social proof where yes. you you have to continue your streak so you don't fall yes. off with your Peloton friends. And, yes. And so if someone's staying at a hotel, they can continue doing that type of thing in your room. Yeah, that's that's a big upfront cost. But again, someone's going to pick you over your competitor because you offer that type of thing. And you charge more for that room. Right. And Peloton will be more than happy to work a program with you, I'm sure, to put one of the mirrors in those rooms because like whatever their product is that they're trying mm-hmm. to sell, you work with them to see what you can do. Right. And you know, that's that's one option. We've also seen hotels, they'll bring in a uh, fitness influencer, essentially, uh, where we've seen one of our clients bring in some some yoga instructors and have a full-on wellness weekend at their property where it's yoga focused <clears throat> they bring in sorry <clears throat> they bring in people to offer yoga instruction they got guests coming there specifically for that because they followed said influencer i mean yeah it's influencer marketing but kind of based around fitness and and that's we know it's growing and mm-hmm. continue to yeah, yeah there's a a organization called world wellness weekend that I believe it's in the beginning of September or sometime around September. And they've been going around with you know destinations and properties and creating that combination of, you know, outside activity, you know, cooking demonstrations, wellness, you know, the peace of mind, wellness, just type of mentality. And it's amazing the people that will travel great distances for that. Well, they filled up real quick. Oh, they, they absolutely did. Yeah, and, and it's something that's only going to grow, right? What health and wellness is, is something that's that's top of mind for everyone. So I think leveraging influences, like you said, whether that's a chef that can do a, a cooking mm-hmm. demonstration, like you said, or um, well, in this case, they they actually had fitness influencers on Instagram and they yeah. interviewed different ones, and and they made it really engaging because it was authentic and knows how you're supposed to use influencers versus just tapping into somebody because they have a lot of followers. I think all the content you create for that and the buzz you, you create, yeah. the PR well, you create. The, the PR is, is the best aspect of using an influencer in that way because they already have thousands and thousands of followers. This might be the one opportunity where their follower gets to come stay at your property and see the person that they follow. Yeah, the hero. And, yeah. and that can be the deciding factor, bringing them to your property. I'm going to throw one more idea on top of that. For people not staying at your property, you can make it a virtual event that you sell tickets to. Boom. Boom. Drop the mic, Melissa. That's what I'm saying. Rip That's the awesome. microphone off your head and throw it on the ground right now. <laughs> and I was just, I just Googled real quick while we were talking about Peloton. It's a big audience. Four it's po- huge. As of December, they, they have 4.4 million active subscribers. As of yes. December. Yeah. Yeah. And it's grown exponentially since then. Yeah. If you join a live biking class, there are literally thousands thousands of people in on this 40 minute biking class thousands i'm not exaggerating i i am are are you consistent with it does it the gamification does it motivate you and keep you going uh yes i'm consistent with it but i'm not doing it often enough yet i'm nearly there getting there oh we had a conversation the other day about Alyssa breaking her streak and she was mad that she had to break her streak and it was devastating so that's what i'm saying like if we got to if we were traveling she would pick a place that had a peloton so she didn't have to break her street yep or you get the pet sitter to just go spend thir- 30 minutes on the peloton while you <laughs> take care of the dog <coughs> i'll come to your house yeah. and ride the bike <laughs> all right all right next one 
I know a lot of you probably already do this out there, but occasion-based package options. So we have quite a few clients that created various packages that draw guests in for special occasions. So honeymoon packages, offering that, if your competitor doesn't offer that, someone's searching for honeymoon packages in city, whatever. It doesn't need to be anything excessive. It's a bottle of champagne and some chocolate-covered strawberries in their room when they show up. That's that's a honeymoon package. It's pretty inexpensive to you, and it, that means everything to the guests that it's sitting there for you know for them to walk mm-hmm. into. Um, bachelor and bachelorette parties again include some champagne. Uh, if it's a bachelor party, maybe some cigars. And in a free shuttle service out to wherever they're going that night, because we know they didn't come to stay at your hotel specifically. They're definitely going around town. Mm -hmm. Uh, A shuttle service, you can definitely upcharge for that. People will buy it. It's cost less than an Uber. Probably cost you very minimal, especially if you already have the shuttle available for hotel and what or for airport and whatever. Um, Utilizing that um, again, you know, I think along those same lines, the arena arena and stadium package. If you have a big football stadium nearby or baseball football hockey whatever it is um including that shuttle service to and from the arena arena or stadium um some maybe inexpensive licensed team item a little flag uh you know a cooler whatever it may be something that costs you nothing but people are coming in from out of town to stay with you they're gonna eat that up maybe a free appetizer at your hotel bar gets them to spend more money at your hotel bar that type of thing. So those occasion-based packages can go a long way. Yeah, throw in the tailgate package or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. game. Yeah, easily. Like, uh, is anyone going to mention the fact that you said Arenia? I was going to say that was. I want to have like show titles, and it's Arenia. 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 Yeah. I couldn't say Arenia. Uh, Are- <laughs> <laughs> Arena and stadium in the same without Arenia. putting them together. Areniaium. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Slight spinoff of that package options but you did bring up the free shuttle and i think as a standalone thing i've stayed at a few properties where they will offer free shuttle service within x radius of a property to take you shopping or sightseeing Mm -hmm. or whatever it is within a very specific radius obviously it's on a schedule and all that stuff but that could be a huge differentiator i've seen this in uh ski destinations specifically with the shuttle to the mountain oh yeah with all your gear and you probably flew in right may not have the rental car to make it there and there's probably a lot of people going mm-hmm. back and forth at the mountain every day. This is this is one of those things where if you can offer a free shuttle service to people, yeah, it's probably baked into the cost, right? You have to pay for the gas, but sure. But oh the thing goodness. is, if everybody's using it, you know that you've hit something important, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily become a problem because your shuttle drivers go nuts. People are staying at your property because you have that opportunity to mm-hmm. use to use a shuttle. And a lot of times, if it's if it's Peloton, if it's a shuttle, if it's the arcade. When people are shopping for properties, they're comparing one versus another. And if one property has a free shuttle and one does not have a free shuttle, that can be a dis- dif- differentiating factor in determining where you stay, even if you never use that shuttle. Absolutely. So. I mean, especially if you're flying somewhere and you don't want to rent a car or not planning on rent a car, it's it's a huge value to somebody. Right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a money saver, right? It's, that's exactly what they're thinking. I don't have to spend the money on a rental car. They pick me up from the airport. They take me to the mountain. They take me back to the airport. Game over. That's all you went there to do anyway. 
All right. All right. Next one. We talk about this all the time. Partnerships with local experiences and attractions. So you may not offer this on property or have somebody that does, but local hiking guides or bike rental companies, kayak rental companies, brewery tours. Yeah, brewery Mm -hmm. tours. Oh my gosh, there's the shuttle again, right? So if you have the shuttle from your property taking people on brewery tours, this type of stuff, this is a a package option, could be. It could be baked into the cost of the room, um, but we, we see this all the time and it works wonders. I've chosen hotels specifically because they've offered uh, things like this. Um, we've had clients offer beginner scuba lessons in their pool and, yep. and that drove in tons of people. Yeah, they had beginner scuba lessons where you didn't get actually less, didn't get certified, right. but you got to breathe with a scuba yeah. tank. And they also had uh, mermaids for a while too, which was real, huge. Real mermaids. Real mermaids, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it was insane. But. Why Just weren't there mermen? <coughs> I don't know. That's that's sexist. <laughs> I'm offended. Yeah. Mermen aren't real. Yeah. Okay. So, but that was I mean that was such a draw for for people to get them to the pool to stay at the property, you know the upcharge of you know swimming with the mermaids and they get a tail and all that kind of fun stuff. So. It was yeah I mean it, how, it seems silly right but it you can charge significantly more to get that experience. Yep. And that can be one of those second wallet purchases as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things we're talking about, right? We're talking about differentiation. And when we're talking about differentiation in in business, it isn't just being different. It's providing something that's valuable that people are willing to pay for. That they're not going to get at your competitors. They can't, but they're willing to pay for it. They value it to a point that they're willing to pay for it, right? And a lot of this stuff uh, we're talking about, they, they certainly are. We've also seen show tickets, right? It, again, this is going back to the drug dealer method. Like our local Ripley's Aquarium uh, would partner with some properties and give one free ticket to a family of mm-hmm. four. Well, what's going to happen, right? Well, the families appreciates that because that's one less ticket they have to buy. But now they're a lot more likely to go buy three more tickets to go to Ripley's than they were before. So you it's, never it's give winning. that to the parent. You give that to the child. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Then the, the child becomes a salesperson. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. All There's right. There's nothing wrong with child labor. That's no. That's perfect example. <laughs> All right. Last one on the on the list. Um, again, I've, I'm picking this out of personal experience, but featuring the property or area's history. So guests like to learn about the area that they're visiting, uh, especially if it has historical value, um, offering a tour of the area and or property if your property is a historic property or has historic properties about it (laughs) um i i think um this this type of thing will create interest uh if i've seen properties that do hey you know we're haunted and it works out that way but you again you're you're going to talk about the history the property of the area it can be that thing that that thing that drives someone to pick you because you're going to go take them on this tour Mm-hmm. And if you are in a historic area or your historic property, there are people who are going to be seeking you out or trying to learn more information about historic Charleston. If you're able to tie into that from a search perspective, you're becoming a lot more relevant to those people's search terms way earlier in the funnel than the person who is only optimizing for Charleston hotels. Yeah, good point, Pete. If you're if you're the hotel that has some you know history behind it, you get yourself out in front of the the 
the tour guides who are taking around the historic tours and there you go uh, they people who are booking the tours then know that they're going to be stopping by your property they may be more likely to yep. stay with you did you know that there's an entire prime series on historic hotels there's like 30 something episodes really yes hmm. it's a thing people are really interested in Historic hotels. I mean, I dig it. That's what I said. That's I put it on this list for that reason alone. I've stayed at hotels because they were old and cool and had history. Mm-hmm. And it's know, a big deal. Yeah. Yep. And even if you your property itself isn't historic, maybe your area is, right? And you can lean into that. So I've seen, you know, folks that embrace local culture. So maybe they have local artists represent their their artwork in the property, and mm-hmm. maybe you can buy it, or maybe they'll even come in and give presentations of, of their art it's almost like a mini gallery um, the other thing i've seen is like campfire talks so you know, at a certain time two or three times a week someone knowledgeable about the local area maybe will tell ghost stories or talk about something around a campfire and they'll give s'mores out to the kids while you're doing it to keep them entertained so there, there are creative ways to do this even if your property itself isn't that historic you can you can embrace the local area as well and the culture Fantastic. That's a whole bunch of information, Phil, but how will we tell people about it? That's going to be the hard right. part. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the point. <clears throat> you know, you don't you don't just create a differentiator and let it sit there. So, I think step 1, getting good photography of the thing that you've added to your property is so important because this is what you were going to use to show people what you've done. If you, if you created a rooftop space, my God, take photos of it because mm-hmm. that's the thing you need to put all over the places and let people know. Where are you putting it? Putting it on your website, social media, display ads, OTA listings, emails, whatever. It, take, the, take the good photography of your arcade, of your, of your rooftop, the things we've talked about, of pets in your property, of your, you know, if I said dog run, created, mm-hmm. creating a dog run. Here's some dogs in the, in the spot that we created. Showing people visually that you offer these things is so, so important. Yeah, and, and, and not just photos, but videos too, you know, yeah. especially if you can take videos of guests enjoying these amenities and, and have them be your advocates and talking about like getting a kid that just got a hundred tickets in your arcade and got a bunch of free junk because it well, free quote unquote free uh, junk from, from the arcade. If you're doing like a ticketing system and have them excited talking about how amazing this property is because they have it, that, that sells mm-hmm. rooms right there. Should use the enthusiasm of your guests to sell other people. And mm-hmm. if you're building something new, I like to see time-lapse photography. Me too. Mm-hmm. So much. It's and so you cool. can communicate that as time goes on, as you know, you build up that anticipation of when that's going to be done. I think that's super cool. So again, let's place place that pr- photography, videography on your website. You know, if, if it deserves its own page, create its own page on your website. Uh, put put that in your promo panel. Let people see that it's available. Um, you know, list these things on your amenities page. Again, social media. Share it with. Everyone that follows you, um, Facebook and Instagram tend to be the best for this, and in, in my opinion, um, maybe maybe TikTok for a time lapse. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, sharing this uh, to to your followers, to people who already know about you, have visited your website, important. If it's a cost to you and you're you're spending a good amount of money, maybe you want to push this out with paid advertising. So. 
listing it in your your paid search ad copy that you're probably already running in your structured snippet extensions, uh, maybe a site link extension if it has its own page, in some display ads. You know, again, you're you're spending the money to create the space, show people that you have it. You may have to pay to do that. Um, I think just as important to that is is your OTA listing. So so go out to TripAdvisor hotels, wherever, wherever you're, wherever you're, uh, showing imagery of your property, make sure you are adding these new photos and videos that you've taken of your new offering and, and putting that out to the, out there to the world, the top of the funnel where people are first interacting with you and let them know that you have this new differentiator at your property. And last but not least, email your past guests, let your previous guests know that you have something cooler that, that they didn't see when they were there before. You're much likely to get, bring people in for a second stay because you're showing them, hey, we, we're continuing to upgrade. We, we have this new thing. You should come check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice I think works. that is just so important. And we all talk about every time someone visits your property, that's the chance to get them to stay the second time. And I mean, Disney did an amazing job as they're building out new sections to the park. Look at the Star Wars edition that they did. Yeah, you knew that was coming. They were promoting it. They were... I had stayed at Disney in the past, and you got emails that this is coming, this is coming, this is coming, and it, it just it builds you up, saying, "Hey, I've never been to Disney because now I've never been to the Star Wars portion of it. Now I need to go again, so I got to start all over. But now I'm on an insider track because I know what I can expect, and it's great." Very wise words, Phil. All right, so I want to end with this. Let us know what sets you apart from your competition, because there are. I'm sure, you know, we covered a a good bit here, but there's stuff that I left off this list. And I want to hear what sets your hotel apart from your competition. Why do people stay with you over the hotel down the street? If it's something I mentioned that's working well for you, let us hear about it and let us hear how, how well it's done for you. If it's something that I didn't mention, let us know what your cool idea is and how it's worked for you. And I, I won't give that idea to your competitors. I'm just going to give it to a few clients here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not fair because I want to tell people about it on the podcast because I think we should give it, it, the best one. We should give a whole bunch of stuff to. Okay. I'm in. So, all right. I'm in. Give some fuel swag away. Yeah. So if, if someone wanted to let you know, how would they do that? You're going to email us at info at fuel travel. And you're going to write in how cool your differentiator is and what it is, how much money it makes you. (laughs) (laughs) Social security numbers. Who the vendors were who helped you put that in. Just make make it easy for us. (laughs) But that does not take away from giving us their input on the podcast. Right. So, yes, share your input for your hotel differentiators to info at Fuel Travel. But also tell us what you think of what we're talking about right now on the podcast at fueltravel.com slash podcast survey. So you got to do two things, that homework. I'm taking over the host duties, now I'm handing out homework. You're I'm the like the worst. You're the worst. Wow. <laughs> I never gave them homework. I know. Now they got all kinds of stuff to do. Pete sucks. Yeah. That's bull. We had a whole episode where every two minutes we stopped and asked for a review. Yeah. <laughs> it's your idea, sir. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's episode 85. Phil, I like that. That's good stuff. And Thanks. also go leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Since because we need Why it. Why not? And find Since us on Clubhouse. And do this. Just do all the things. Yeah. All the so. things. Well, if they did want to do all the things, where would they find you, Stuart? Well, they they would find me on anywhere, really. 
Yeah. They want to look at Stuart Butler. S T U A R T B U T L E R. I'm on LinkedIn. Stuart Butler in the world. I'm not actually. No, you're not. No, there's a guy from Heritage.org that it's kind of right wing, a little extreme in some of his opinions. Also English. Um, And I get tweets from people thinking I'm him sometimes. So he's uh, Stuart M. Butler on on Twitter, but I'm Stuart Butler. So, yeah, come. Hey, hit me up on LinkedIn. Let me know what's going on. But he's dead to us, so don't. (coughs) Well, maybe I'm not. I'm dead to you, but not to the audience. I don't know. Hopefully not. Go make friends with some Stuart Butler on Twitter. Let's see which one you're you're talking to. All right, Phil, how about you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at pforiska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well at Phil Fariska. All right. How about you, Melissa? I'm on LinkedIn and Clubhouse at Melissa Cavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Same thing here. So both You're LinkedIn. You're Melissa Cavanaugh? Well? I am, yes. So <laughs> they, there's they only one, Melissa. Pete. There's only they need one. To have Melissa point them to some person named Stuart on Twitter, and then they'll find me. It's, it's like, where's Waldo? It's so, like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Or you could skip all that stuff and just look for Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E. D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn, or or you can check out Clubhouse, too. But you can find us all together at fueltravel.com. Uh, Phil gave us the information for info at Fuel Travel if you have some ideas to share with us. And if you want these show notes because we just kept talking your ear off, you can find those at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 185 already. That, that wow. should have come at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, I'm editing. I can make this come at the beginning. True. And he's a rookie, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give, him, give him a break. I'm giving him. He, gets, he gets huge breaks. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, that's it. That's Goodbye. <laughs> Is that not how we stop? I don't know how we Is stop. Is that your ending? Yeah. That's like, it. Like Goodbye. You changed the opening, right? You didn't do I did. my... So you got to come up with your own ending. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> This is, like this AOL. is the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh. Wow. I was thinking of how like you end an yeah. AOL session. Goodbye. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's it. You've been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Nobody's listening anymore. <laughs> 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 All right. So I think that's all we have to say. Check us next week. We're getting real close to episode 200. It's a big deal.